Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 282, Finance Friday Edition, where we interview Nicole and talk about investing in real estate, even if you're getting started a little bit late. Yeah, and that's when I thought about that goal that was kind of for me to live comfortably and be able to, to you know, take vacations and do whatever I want to do with my daughter, that 4000 would be, would be comfortable for me. Um, even though I'm living below that now, it's for a reason, but I don't want to continue to live that low. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my Solves the Wordle on his first try co-host, Scott Trent. I don't know about that, Mindy, but I did get, um, I've only done one Wordle and the word was moist last week. So I know that's a favorite, favorite word of, of uh, many listeners. That's such a gross word. Wasn't that your first word that you guessed in Wordle each time? That used to be my first start word. And then I stopped and then it was the word and I was very upset. So now I have to find a new first word and someday I will get it on the first try, but I don't right now. Anyway, Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business or start over after a divorce with a fresh financial start, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams. Scott, I love today's guest because she is not financially perfect, but she's doing a lot of things right. So we give her several things to look at. Very, uh, there's, there's a couple of research opportunities in there as well. And I'm excited for her trajectory. I think she has a lot of potential. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, you can say she's not financially perfect, but she's, She's doing, she's pretty close, in my opinion, relative to where she, she's, her current financial position is. She's got complete control over her budget. She's got, um, she ends up a little over a median income, um, I would say, around a median income, and doesn't have much in the way of assets, but I think is really setting a, a, found, a financial foundation for herself that's likely to be really strong. Um, and I think it's just a great perspective and, and someone to learn from. I think we're going to be all um, admiring her progress within the next three to five years based on the trajectory that she's set up for herself and we heard about today. Yes, I agree. And when I said she's not financially perfect, I meant there's like there's uh, things that we can suggest and there are, there's room for her to explore. And, you know, we were able to give her research yep. opportunities, which I love. Okay, before we bring in Nicole, I have to tell you that the contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice, and neither Scott nor I nor Bigger Pockets are engaged in the provision of legal tax or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and accountants, regarding the legal tax and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. 
explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nicole is a recently divorced single mom looking to get started investing in real estate. She feels like she's getting a little bit later start in life, but at age 35, I think she's doing really well. Her monthly spending is tight, her debts are low and getting even lower, and she's got a military pension and a VA loan to help her on her way. Nicole, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. Thank you for having me. But Nicole, before we get into your numbers, could we hear a little bit about your backstory and what um, um, what's happened over the past 10, 15 years to set us up for the conversation we're going to have today? Yes. Um, so my money journey, um, growing up, we had very little, um, but we made ends meet. Um, but I wasn't really educated on finances and saving for the future. So I really had um, a lack of knowledge with that. I joined the military at 17 years old. After I graduated high school, I joined the Army Reserves. I've been in for 18 years now. Um, went to college, did not incur any college debt. Um, worked two jobs to pay for everything. Um, and came out of that degree with zero debt. Um, I had a full-time job, started working, but didn't re- wasn't really saving. Um, didn't have a good understanding of saving for the future. Um, so I could have started a lot earlier. Um, about seven years ago, eight years ago now, I started my current W-2 job and started saving for um, my future with their 401k program. Um, so I was saving 10% of my income with that 401k. And I been divorced about two years now. And through that divorce, um, I lost quite a bit of money, uh, $30,000 out of my 401k, 
$20,000 in marital debt that I did not know about that I had to pay off. Um, so that kind of set me back a little bit. But through that divorce, I've kind of regained that financial freedom. Um, we were living off of my income, family of four. So it was very strapping um, and wasn't able to really save as much as I wanted to. And I just kind of got back on my feet, was able to buy a home. Um, I still have a marital home that I'm trying to get rid of, but was able to buy a home for my daughter and I, and on my way to financial freedom, hopefully. So Nicole, would it be fair to say that following um, the divorce here, that's when your money story really begins or the next chapter begins? Yes, definitely. So what's happened since then from a, um, a financial perspective? Have you kind of started learning more? Have you been taking different actions or changing up how you invest or save? Or what, what's been the um, the trajectory, if, if any, has changed? Yeah, so I um, ended up living with my mom for about a year to get back on my feet. I was able to save up enough money to buy a home for my daughter and myself um, and saved up that money for closing. And I had to pay a little more over um, the appraisal rate. And I started just kind of building up my emergency fund. And I started listening to Bigger Pockets about eight months ago. Um, and it has just kind of opened up, you know, a whole new world for me. Um, I really, I had always kind of had a budget and lived frugally. Um, but now I, I read Scott's book about two months ago and I've really started on that plan and process um, to move forward, save as much as I can, um, lower my spending and on that right track. Awesome. So let's go. Let's go through um, your numbers now. Um, with that back, thank you for sharing that backstory. And let's start off with um, the income statement. What do, what do you? How much are you bringing in, and where are you spending it? All right. So it is about four thousand for my um, civilian job, and then five hundred a month for my Army Reserve um, position. My monthly expenses. My mortgage. Eight ninety five electric water, um, two hundred. Uh, one ten for one thirteen for cell phone, five hundred estimated for groceries. Current car payment is one eighty one. Um, gas is one twenty a month. Um, auto insurance is ninety nine. Gym membership thirty. Miscellaneous entertainment one fifty. Internet uh, fifty four. And then I do have allotted two seventy five for credit card payment. I have thirty three hundred um, dollars at zero percent interest, so I'll pay that off within the year. So that is included in my monthly budget. I have about nineteen hundred dollars left over after my monthly expenses. Awesome. That's a really tight budget. So you're doing a great, uh, a phenomenal job on on that front. Um, at least in my opinion, um, on that. So wh where's the where's the money going? What's what is it? Where what are your assets, liabilities, debts? Um. So currently, I have two mortgages. I the mortgage I live in, the house I live in right now. Um, I pay my previous mortgage that is still under my VA loan. Um, 
my ex-husband assumed the mortgage. So it's kind of a wash, um, not paying for that. That will be refinanced and out of my name, off my debt to income um, in the next 90 days. That's 188,000. The home I currently live in is 155. Um, I have 3,300 in credit card debt. And so that, that is my liabilities right now. My debts. Great. And um, do you have any investments in cash savings? Um, so I have 12,000 in cash um, and 80,000 in my 401k. Great. Any other assets or, or things that we should be aware of? Um, the one thing I, I do have my military pension. Um, like I said, I've done 18 years at 20 years, I'll get my 20 year letter and I will be guaranteed that, um, military pension. Um, so current value is 325, 325,000. And then when I complete my 20 years, it's estimated at 387,000 and that's in current. Great. And how long to the 20 years? October of 2024. Oh, so you're, you're, you're two years away from, from realizing this, this 400, three to $350,000, $400,000 asset. I can, well, the military, um, I cannot collect that until 50 age 58. Okay, great. Okay. Um, well, awesome. What, what is the best way we can help you today with, with, uh, um, based on what you've told us? Um, so I've made some adjustments to how I am in investing, I guess, and saving. So I have a couple questions with that. And then also I would like to really um, invest, start investing in real estate. So um, do I use my VA loan? Do I go conventional? You know, what, um, what is your recommendation? Um, so I can start with the, how I've changed my investing a little bit. Well, well, let's let's zoom out a little bit. What's what's the goal? Um, so, short term, one year, I want to save twenty thousand, at least twenty thousand, for this year, um, starting with your steps, and twenty to twenty four thousand. Um, three years, I would like to have two thousand dollars in in passive income, and then in five years, I would like to have four thousand dollars in monthly passive income. That's fantastic. Thank you for being so clear about <laughs> what it is you're looking for. Um, that's, that's, that's like, I, I love it. I think that these goals make a lot of sense. Um, they're, they're ambitious, but definitely achievable. And um, this will be, this will be, be fun. So that sounds like the first question is to save, save 20 K, which you already have 12. Um, you're, you're, you're not even including the 275 you're paying towards credit card debt, which I count as savings, um, towards that savings number. And you're accumulating 1900 a month in, in cash based on what you told us from the budget. So you should absolutely crush that goal over mm -hmm. the next 12 months. That would be 24, 22,800, uh, in additional savings, in addition to paying off your credit card and addition to the 12,000 in cash over the next 12 months. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Um, so I, I love that. It sounds like the next question really then is, is the real estate side of things. And you're, you're, you're talking about using a VA loan. My, my, my belief is that that VA loan will require you to move into the property. So that implies you're thinking about house hacking. Is that right? Yes. So again, to reference your book. Um, so currently I have two VA loans. Um, 
the, the mortgage I'm living in now and then my previous home. Um, so it's tied up my eligibility. So once that other home is refinanced out of my name, I will regain that eligibility and then the eligibility I have currently in this home. So my kind of my question is this home that I have now, if I were, I've lived it in a year and after a year, you're able to, um, you can rent it out. So I would still have VA eligibility left to purchase something else. If I wanted to within a, you know, a certain number based on how much eligibility I have left, or I can keep it, um, or I can sell it and purchase possibly a duplex and house tax um, to make additional passive income. Cause this would only produce probably $200. Well, yes, that's, I think that's the first, the first really smart question is what do you do with the existing home? And you have to run, run the numbers and analyze. And I think you say, if I was starting over, would I buy this place as a rental property today? So what, what, what's the answer to that question in your mind? I think I bought it for too high to get enough um, passive income out of it. How long have you lived in the property? A year. How long? Um, can you give me can you, how many months? April, it'll be a year. So hasn't been a year quite yet. Okay. So he, there's, there's, um, I, I love the way we're thinking about this. And the reason I'm asking that is because if you live in a place for more than two years, you can mm-hmm. sell it and you do not have to pay capital gains taxes up to a certain threshold on that. So that'd be April of 2023. Mm-hmm. That might be too long in your position um, relative to the, well, how, how much do you think the gain would be? What'd you buy it for? And what would you be able to sell it for in April? So there's probably only $15,000 worth of equity in it. Okay. So to me, that's, that's too small of an amount to necessarily disrupt your whole strategy uh, in order to realize the three, $4,000 in tax savings you might have, mm-hmm. um, from the, the sale of, of that home. Yeah. Um, so I like the instinct to potentially, um, sell the property, but let's do a couple more, let's ask a couple more questions on it. Um, before we do that, how much would it rent for from a short-term perspective? Would, would it make, would it make a good short-term rental? The area, I really don't see that it would be a good short-term rental. What about a medium-term rental? Do you live near a hospital? Do you live near a large corporate facility where somebody would want to, somebody would need to be staying longer term? Do you live near like an oil refinery? There's somebody in, oh, down in, is it Louisiana that does the the oil refinery stuff? He's got a bunch of properties that he rents to the people that are working in the oil refineries because it's, it's yeah, the contractors down there. Yeah, unfortunately... I'm in a location that is, um, there's tons of rentals. And I, um, there's really not a market for that. I have explored those options um, and there's really not okay. not a market. So I'm kind of leaning towards possibly just need to get out of it. Okay. Uh, you would be, if you live in there for more than a year, but less than two years, you're looking at short-term capital gains. And that is taxed at approximately 15% depending on your financial situation. I think based on your financial situation, it would be 15%. So it's 15% Mm -hmm. of the gain, which is going to be like $2,200. Not, you know, not an amazing amount, not a horrible amount. So what, what if I rented it for a year 
and then sold, no. Same thing. You got to live in it for two of the last five years. Your primary residence. Unless you wanted to house hack it and get a roommate for a year, then it's still your primary residence. Um, That could be an option. I don't know if you have enough bedrooms to do that. Uh, That could be an option while you're looking for your next property. Uh, But like Scott said, the VA loan is an owner-occupant loan. You must live in there for the first year. So you can use your VA loan up to four units. It doesn't just have to be a duplex. Yeah, four doors. Yeah. Um, One of the so let's let's go through absent the financing for a second. What would Mm -hmm. what would a good house hack or investment property um, look like in your your area or the areas you're considering moving to? There's not an abundance of duplexes, um, triplex, quadplex in Central Florida. so it would really be a find if I did um, come across one, but it'd probably price-wise, price point, is that what you're asking or? Yeah. What's a good deal look like to you? You know, there's not even that many to, for research wise, um, but I, I would probably be looking at like 250 for a duplex at least would be a decent deal. What what are the, what are the numbers like? What would what would the um? It, it doesn't have to be a duplex, right? You could do um. You know, there there could be a uh, uh, a single family where you live in one part of the house and rent out the other part, or um whatever. But what what is a good? I think that's I think that would, this was this is going to be turned into the first homework assignment I would have for you is I think sure. you need to get clear on what a good what the, a good move looks like. Okay. So you have three to six months to really prep yourself for okay, what, what am I looking for here? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're going to follow the the stuff in, in Set for Life, and thank you for, for mentioning the book um, a, a few times here, um, then you'd want it to make sense as a rental after you moved out. So what's the place yeah. that would produce the, the the most income while you live in there and then the best long, be it be a great long-term rental for you um, as soon as you leave the property? Okay, yeah. Yeah, definitely um, would have to be a duplex or a triplex. Um, would would definitely have to be that. And something else I was considering <laughs> kind of all over the place and what to do um, is possibly partnering, partnering with somebody for finding a short-term rental and, and continuing to live in my current home because the mortgage isn't too high. Um, well, let's think, let's think about the 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 financing here next, right? So, mm-hmm. you you have by the in, in within a year, you're going to accumulate um, a total of about thirty to thirty two thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars in cash, and and you could use five percent of that. Um, if you bought a two hundred fifty thousand dollar property, for example, like you just mentioned, five um, percent down would be um, twelve thousand five hundred. So you have $20,000 left over, which I think is a really solid position to be buying a property from, right? If you have good credit, you have $20,000 in cash left over, you're buying a house hack. That's a really strong um, position for that. And that allows you to keep your VA loan. And why that might be interesting for you um, is because, you know, $250,000 is probably well within your purchasing power um, Mm -hmm. with your current income and situation. And if you were to get a tenant to rent from you, for example, for a year for half the duplex, you'll have that rental history on your tax return. And when you go to buy the next property, you might find, hey, I'm going to buy this quadplex for $700,000, making that up, right? Um, Well, now, because you've got the income from the rental and you got a history there, not only will you get to add that to your 
income and your 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 salary and your more and your military income. You'll also be able to add um, the rental income and the projected future income of the property that you're bu- you're considering buying. And so your VA loan may balloon in purchasing power on the second purchase if you were able to, for example, swing it to to put down the five percent using mm-hmm. a, an alternative form of financing. So I've heard of military folks, for example, um, you putting down the five percent when they're um, stationed in Florida and yeah. using the VA loan for the San Diego purchase, for example. Yeah. Um, no, that definitely makes sense. I was um, kind of questioning that. Should I, do I use it or do I save it? Um, and I, I definitely think that's great advice as far as, you know, possibly the first purchase, saving it, not using it and using the money that I've saved to put that, you know, 5% down. Well, let's walk through the, so, so I think, I think you can't make the decision about the, I, I like the instinct to house hack. That's always a good, it's a, it's a great starting point for someone in your situation, making around a median income, um, mm-hmm. starting with, with, with relatively few liquid assets and you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to, you're doing great, but you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest. And that's just a really powerful tool in the kit. And it's likely to be a big winner for you, even if it doesn't produce cash flow or let you live for free, it'll be It'll, it'll likely substantially reduce your, your month-to-month living expenses. Um, so I love that. Um, what does the short-term rental look like? I was possibly thinking of something local, um, you know, beach, beach-wise, um, but possibly partnering with somebody because short-term investment in, uh, rentals here are not um, $250,000. What, what's local? Um. Beaches, New Smyrna, East Coast, or West Coast. Um, I'm Central Florida, so either coast. How far are these from where you live and work? Um, New Smyrna Beach is 30 minutes. Um, the other coast is about an hour and a half. Would you consider living in one of the, the, those places, or like, could you, like, for example, could is there like a, a duplex or like a, a three, you know, a condo with one of the doors that that locks off the other unit or whatever? Um, with that for for a year, would, would that be would that be an option available? Yeah, so I was looking at one of the beaches. They um, that's closer, thirty minutes away. Um, you know, they do have more duplexes there, and possibly being able to use one half as a short term rental and then live in the other half. So it would be house hack kind of times two um, with the short term rental. Would you be required to commute every day? Um, I work remote. The only limitation would be my daughter and her school zone, um, which I could still commute with that. It would just add extra transit time for myself. Mm. But it could be, it would definitely profit wise would be worth it. Yeah. I'm looking on realtor.com at some of these new Smyrna beach houses. A, I like the idea of a duplex on the beach where you're living in one portion of it and renting out the other portion short term, you can do the turnover. So you are not paying somebody to clean. That is the biggest pain point in short-term rentals is finding somebody reliable to clean the property Mm -hmm. on your schedule. There's ways to do this, especially when you're doing it yourself. There's ways to do this where you just literally bring everything back to your house and take brand new over there and like have two sets of everything mm-hmm. um, so that the yeah. turnover is a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. And now the schooling for your daughter 
is she in a uh like a special school or could she go to could she just transfer to the school in New Smyrna Beach? I mean, she's pretty young. I'm assuming she's only in the first couple of years of school. Yeah, she's in kindergarten. Um, you know, it's a little bit difficult. Um her father lives in that school zone and that's what we're going off of right now. So okay. it is something that could possibly mm. work, um, moving her, but I would probably keep her in her current school. Okay. But the drive wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be out of the question. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at this now that we've, we're a couple minutes into the conversation, I think the, the biggest um, challenge for you is you've got a really strong financial base. You know, you, you got really clear goals here and real estate's your tool um, that, that you're, that you're going to, that you're likely going to use your market seems from my seat to be like a, a, a one that is affordable and within your reach um, to, to buy properties in. You've got the VA loan, all this kind of stuff. I think I think what's what what I would kind of advise you to do at the highest level is I think you need to to pay what I call the entry price into real estate investing, which I think is in about two hundred and fifty to hours, <laughs> maybe more of of kind of just listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. reading books, um, analyzing deals. Like I think I think you're still you're still kind of exploring some of these concepts at a high level. And I think you're, you need to get clear on what good looks like. And you've got at least 90 days um, before you, you're really able to make the decision with, you know, or, or, or if I were in your shoes, I'd feel comfortable um, yeah. buying property um, when that, until that mortgage is off of my name. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that would be a really good thing is like, I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from uh, what, today is February 8th. I'm recording this. Um, I'm going to walk away from end of uh, April and I'm going to be super confident. I know what a good deal looks like. I can I can articulate it in crystal clear detail about what I'm going to do. One one of several options or one particular strategy. Here's mm-hmm. a duplex. It's two hundred thousand dollars. It was built in 1950. It's two bed, one bath on each side, or three bed, two bath on each side. The square footage is this. It's got a garage. It's got a yard for the dog. Whatever it is that you want to that you're looking for, it cash flows like this. Um, and here's what's going to do for me when I move in. Here's what's going to do when I move out. There are five to 10 of them that have sold in the last, you know, 90 days or that I've watched over sell over those, those last 90 days. So I know that they're likely to come on the market. Oh, and here are the Airbnbs, um, in Smyrna, New Smyrna beach. And, um, they're within my price point from a VA loan. Cause I'm qualified there. And here's what, what they would produce from, from income, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I have to commute, um, 180 days a year to the, the school zone um, for that or, or whatever it is. But I think, I think that's where, that's what I would, I would love for you to be able to articulate something to that effect very confidently um, by end of April. Um, and I think you're, that's well, that's a, that's a very achievable goal over the next couple of months, in my opinion for you. Yes, definitely. And I've, I've just kind of struggled with that and, and finding what, what I want and what looks good and, and, so that that definitely helps me. Thank you. Yeah, maybe um, since since we already plugged my book, maybe this will be the the show of plugs here. Maybe maybe we could send you um, your pick of of ten bigger pockets books. Um, any ones that look interesting to you, we'll we'll send your way uh, in your preferred format. And I think we will also give you a pro membership, so you can use the calculators to oh, nice. analyze a um, as many deals as you'd like. 
um, in there to, to help with that search. But I think I think it's a self education slog to. Yeah, and I've definitely tried to to continuously listen and, and educate myself. And um, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And like Mindy was saying, you know, your position is different than everybody else's. And when you're listening to someone that is younger and in in a better position, it's sometimes discouraging. But you know, I feel like I'm on the right track. You have a great track. That is the part that I think we have, uh, we don't spend enough time on this show saying you're doing great. You are 35 and you don't have a net worth of $7 million, but you also don't have a negative net worth. You don't have $400,000 in student loan debt or $300,000 in credit card debt because you went nuts with the credit card every day for seven years. You're doing really well. Your expenses are super tight. Could you cut things? Sure. Let's put you on beans and rice every single day for the next month and a half. Let's take away your cell phone and take away your entertainment and you know, take away your gym membership. And we can get your $2,600 spend down to $1,500. Uh, we can really tighten yeah. that belt and make your life totally miserable. Or... We can continue on a path where you are having a good life and saving and you're still doing really well. Does your budget feel tight? Um, no, I, f- I think it feels comfortable. Like you said, I could definitely tighten it up. You could also um, definitely loosen but... it. You have $1,900 every month at the end. Go on a vacation every single week <laughs> or buy a house. Yes. Buy a house once a year. There you go. I think that you should connect with a real estate agent. I've got a note here to reach out to you after we're done recording to get a list of books and to connect you up with the pro membership. Thank you, Scott, CEO of Bigger Pockets, for offering that. That's very generous of you. But this is why this is this is like who they're for, right? Is you, right? You're 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 getting some information together. You're you've got a good idea of kind of how things look, but you need to kind of push through to that that what is good look like so yeah. that I can I can actually feel confident to make that you need to do that over the next night. You, you can't take action for the next 90 days. So that says time to, to study up. And probably in addition to that analysis and that education, it's probably a good time to meet a couple of lenders and agents as well and pick their brain or and local investors. If there's a local mm-hmm. investor meetup um, or or anything like that, those would be really good things to start paying attention to and, and learning about in your area. Um, and, you know, Take everything with a grain of salt. See if you can pick out who you think is knows what they're talking about and who you think is is uh, um, maybe a little too aggressive or doesn't <laughs> doesn't really know what they're doing. So, but I, but, I, but like that's if you can once you get to that point where you feel like you actually can make that distinction, that's when you I think you know you're ready from um, an investment perspective um, to make that next purchase and make a really good decision. Yes, I'm going to go yes, one further you. and say if you are a new Smyrna agent who has information about the area, please reach out to me, Mindy at biggerpockets.com. And I will connect you with Nicole. Um, I think Seth Jones is a mortgage bro. I know he's a mortgage broker in Florida. I think he's all of Florida. Uh, so I will introduce you to Seth after the show as well. And we have no financial affiliation with Seth Jones or any of the other folks, right? Correct. No, we don't have any financial. I'm just, a, I'm just a matchmaker. Members of the community. Members of the community. Um, yeah. I love to connect people. Yeah. It doesn't do me any good to just hold Seth Jones to myself. He's not going to write me a mortgage because I don't invest in Florida right now. Um, but yeah, just talk to an agent and see what's out there. There are zero quadplexes in all of New Smyrna Beach. 
Okay, that's good to know. Or there are 17,000 or they're building new ones. Like, I don't know anything about New Smyrna Beach. I don't even know where it is on the map. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what coast it's on either. But it doesn't matter because I'm not the one that can help you with this. I can just connect you to somebody who can. So find what's there. I mean, if you're looking for a duplex and there's only two in all of the city, that's a really great indication that we need to change our focus. Um, Could Mm -hmm. you find a really large house and turn it into a duplex? Is that something that would be easy to do? Or maybe there is a large house that's sort of already a duplex that isn't official and you go through that channel. I, I don't like the large rehab project for her at this point with that. So, you, you know, because like, I think, I think that's like a big thing, like, oh, it's great. You put in thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 and turn it into a duplex, right? Well, that's just not reasonable relative to Nicole. Like I, I can, like Nicole's position because she doesn't have all that cash. So I like the, I like the single for the first, the first play here. And then after two, three years, um, you know, do some of the work yourself, get all, get good with that, and then take on the bigger projects incrementally with each of the next two or three projects. Yes, I sometimes get ahead of myself. I'm like, oh, just do it yourself. <laughs> Not everybody's been doing it themselves. But, yeah. that, that, that was like a big worry for me, I remember, because I was like, I, I have $12,000 <laughs> uh, and no skills. <laughs> um, I don't want to do that on this particular project. Yeah, and it is, you know, that is, I do want to invest in real estate. Like I do know that. And it is a little discouraging knowing, um, you know, that I won't, I don't have an overabundance of liquid cash. Um, so it is discouraging at times, but, um, you know, it can be done and working towards that. Yeah. But that, that's where you can look for like the, the, the work that, that would be reasonable for you to do yourself. Like, mm-hmm kitchen i when i bought when i bought my first duplex in a very or a very similar financial position to what what you've got here my evenings were spent staining the kitchen cabinets which came unfinished you know mm-hmm. and painting and installing blinds and doing those types of things yeah. um there was a plumbing project that i did have to spend eight thousand dollars on and that was it and i knew that going in and that was that like that level of work might be very reasonable for you and might be able to get you a, a good deal yeah, and I'm definitely not above doing any of that work and, you know, do have a little bit of background in that. My dad used to flip houses um, when I was younger. So free free work, free labor. Paint can transform a house for $35 a gallon. It is amazing what you can do mm-hmm. with a gallon of white paint. We know you've heard it before. Cash flow is getting very hard to find. There's always long distance investing, but you may be thinking, I don't have a team, enough experience, or the market knowledge to get in. That's where you're wrong. And it's also where Rent to Retirement comes in. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest out of state with confidence. They've got single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets. They even have burr deals with immediate equity. Rent to Retirement helps investors learn how to build a bulletproof business plan with the best investment and tax strategies around to help you reach financial freedom through real estate. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems already in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, 
the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions. I know, it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost, so combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. So what what you know I feel like I feel like our our your your instincts are I'm completely aligned with your instincts and it sounds like Mindy is as well here like house hacking is a great next option for you um your well your your foundation is perfect um perfectly set up for that and real estate is you're kind of like perfect fairway for someone who might benefit from real estate investing you're willing to do the work yourself you're willing to learn about it you've got the financing options you've got a good job with all this you've got a high savings rate you want the passive income in a reasonably fast period of time so I love that. What else can we help you with today from a, a strategic? Um, so recently I um, cut my contributions 
to the match, which is 4% at my work um, so that I can save as much um, as possible. And I switched that over to a Roth rather than the, the 401k. Um, is that, does that feel like that was a, a good move? Should I continue with that? If the goal is $20,000 in income in a year and 2000 in passive in three years and 4000 in passive in five years, then absolutely that's a great move. Okay. Um, that'll be really hard to do inside of your 401k, yeah. um, in my opinion. Okay. And I like, the, I like the move to the Roth. Take the free money, put it in the Roth, and then put the rest towards the, the fund to, to go after the real estate investments. Um, I think that makes sense to me. Okay. I'm wondering what your W-2 job is and are there any opportunities for advancement within your company? Are there any opportunities for advancement by and, and uh, advancement meaning an increase in salary by finding a new job if you've been there for a while? And are there any opportunities for generating any additional income as a side project, um, either through your W two or through like maybe you're fluent in. I don't know, Swahili and you want to give Swahili lessons and that's something that is is going to be a lucrative side hustle. Um, I wouldn't necessarily suggest doing something that's pretty low value like like DoorDash. That doesn't really pay a lot. Um, no, yeah. That's a lot of initial cash outlay in the form of wear and tear on your car and gas into your car. And then you're not making a whole lot of money on that. So you know, are there any side hustle opportunities for you? Um, yes. Yeah, so I kind of, over the past two years, you know, since my divorce, I've really tried to focus on getting my life back together and um, focusing on my daughter. So currently um, I don't manage anyone. Um, there are opportunities I could go back and, you know, manage people and certainly increase my salary. Um, so that is something that I have been contemplating going back into to make additional um, money. So, and also I have kind of explored um, an additional job, maybe um, cleaning. Um, I used to do um, take real estate pictures for like foreclosures and do like when people left and it was disgusting, I would go and clean um, you know, houses and do that. And you could pick and choose what you wanted to do, which I need flexibility when it comes to having, having my daughter. Um, and I would clean houses for that, you know, again, just to make that additional money. I, I love it. I, I, um, I think, I think it's not a lot of folks would, would, I think do that in, in your situation. And the fact that you're willing to do that, the fact the fact that you're kind of saying, I want to become financially independent. I want to build wealth. I'm willing to house hack. I'm willing to clean. I'm willing to take on these jobs or, or fix it up myself um, mm-hmm. as, as a single mom here with that, I think is, is super impressive and something that um, five years from now, when we have you back on the show and you've got your four to $10,000 in passive income um, from this, you're going to, you're going to be, you know, like an inspiration and, and very, very proud, very proud of that, of, of that, of that dynamic. So I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, and I love that. Yeah. I definitely want to, to make sure that I instill that in my daughter and she sees that, that hard work. too. Yeah. Like all, all the right things are going on in your financial position. You just haven't been, you haven't been sitting on this, this particular trajectory for a long time. 
And I've mentioned that before on some of the, 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 to some of our guests where you come in, you're eight, 12 months into kind of really um, absorbing perspective on, fin- on finance and kind of learning about what good looks like from a, um, a personal finance position. You've mm-hmm. set that up and you just haven't been sitting on it for two, three years to, to stockpile, to, to see the results of that piling up from a, a cash position and then in the, in the investment form. So that's why you feel like you're behind, but I don't, I guarantee you, I don't guarantee you. I think there's a high probability that over the next couple of years, you will see the the compounding benefits of what you're doing here um, if you continue to keep this trajectory going and ex- and slowly accelerate it um, month to month. So I think I think and I think it's awesome. Um, but we we answered your question about the 401k. What what's the next? What other questions do you have? Um. So I haven't calculated my FI number. Um. That's something that you could assist me with. And the best way to factor in my military pension. I, I wouldn't worry about your five number right now. Okay. Honestly. I, I would I would worry about it in 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 two years or three years once you've got the first two thousand in, in mm-hmm. passive cash flow. Right. And and here here's you you can absolutely calculate your five. I'll give you the technical answer, right? Um mm-hmm. what, right now you spend twenty six hundred dollars a month. Um, therefore your five number is somewhere between years three and five when you hit two to four thousand dollars in passive cash flow um, mm-hmm. from your real estate investments or other investments. Another way to calculate the five number is to take the ass the total num- amount of your assets, like your equity in the real estate plus your stock market investments, and mm-hmm. boil it down to the four percent rule. So right now you spend twenty six hundred a month, twenty six hundred um times twelve is gonna be thirty-one. 1,200. Therefore, and you need about 25 times that amount in assets. That'd be $780,000. But I believe that as you go down this journey and build up some of those assets and kind of get more confident with your real estate investing career and keep this going, that that number will expand to some degree um, mm-hmm. and be a little higher than the $31,000, annually that you're spending today. So, so I think that that's why I wouldn't worry about your number quite yet. True. I just worry about keeping the trajectory going and building the, the asset, the asset base. Okay. I'm going to give you a completely different answer because, uh, yes, Scott's right, but also Scott's wrong. So you are spending approximately <laughs> $32,000 a year, 31,200. Let's round up to 32 just to make it easy. That is 70, $780,000 is your FI number. I need to get to this. So that I can start withdrawing according to the 4% rule. However, you have Mm -hmm. a pension. Your pension is $12,000 a year approximately. Mm. So now we're down to a $480,000 nest egg for you to withdraw from the 4% rule because of your pension. We did a show back Mm -hmm. on episode 259 with Grumpus Maximus where he talks about pensions And should you cash it out? Should you take it um, as it comes to you? Since it's a government pension, I would not cash it out. I believe that's what Grumpus said as well. The government's not going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. If they do, you've got way bigger problems than just the fact that your pension's gone. (laughs) So I would keep it the way it is. I would also not really worry about it. And I I say this kind of flippantly and I don't mean to, but it's $1,000 a month. That's not going to be hugely helpful in your, mm-hmm. like by the time you're 58, your spending is probably not going to be just this 2,600 that you're at right now. 
maybe your mortgage is paid off and maybe it is only 1600 and now you've got $1,000 from your spending, from your pension and you need to cover up the $600 or make up the $600 difference. And then it would be really helpful. Um, I would keep it in the back of my mind as, yes, I will get this someday, but because it isn't such a large amount of money, I wouldn't be concerned with it so much. I would, I wouldn't really factor it in. I would just continue to, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have $2,000 in passive income in three years and you have $4,000 in passive income in five years, you're kind of already generating all the income you need without doing anything. You don't seem like the kind of person who's just going to be like, well, now I'm going to the beach every single day. I don't have to do a thing for the rest of my life. I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. So I think that understanding the numbers behind the 4% rule are good. But I also think that your $4,000 in passive income goal in five years is not only doable, but also a really good buy number for you in general. Like that's already more than Mm -hmm. what you need to live right now. Yeah. And that's when I thought about that goal, that was kind of for me to live comfortably and be able to, to, you know, take vacations and do whatever I want to do with my daughter, that 4,000 would be, would be comfortable for me. Um, Even though I'm living below that now um, it's for a reason, Um, but I don't want to continue to live that low. Yeah. But thank you. I, I, that, that helps me a lot um, with understanding and and with that perspective. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like this. Yeah. It's kind of this trajectory of, Hey, I'm going to spend at this very low level for a period of time in order to stockpile the asset base. And then as my asset base begins growing and, and compounding, and that's a greater and greater percentage of my wealth accumulation, it's not just coming from the, the spread between my income and my savings. Um, you can begin easing off and, and mm-hmm. letting that, the assets pay for incremental lifestyle expenses. Um, and that's what I found to be true for my personal life. Um, and I would never have been able to articulate that when I first wrote um, the book um, with that, but I, but I can, I can kind of see that now. And that's, that's how I would think about the five journey is no, just get, get the first couple thousand in passive cash flow, and then allow, and then kind of take a, take a look um, in three, four five years from position of, even greater financial strength and say, okay, what is, what is the end game now? And how do I make sure that I'm never dependent on wage income um, on a go forward basis, but um, also kind of have that trajectory to get in the lifestyle I, I do want at the end state. Yes. Okay. Before Thank we you. let you go, I have one more comment about the VA loan. The VA loan is a yes. wonderful tool for our veterans. I think that it is fantastic. And I think that it also has a lot of, um, stigma around it from real estate agents who don't necessarily understand what it is and what it does. Um, It is a benefit to you. There's not really a lot of downside to the sellers. And having a lender who specializes in the VA loan is going to help get your VA loan offers accepted more so than a lender who's like, yeah, I've done them before. Um, They can take a really long time. They can take forever because there's all these little steps that you have to do. But a good VA lender knows that you can start all those steps as soon as you go under contract. So I have a VA lender who's done two, no, three VA loans for me, 21 day closes. And that is kind of unheard of in lending in general, Mm -hmm. but in the VA loan world, it's like I've seen people write 45 day VA loan closes 
And they're like, well, I hope I don't have to extend this. Um, In this market right now, it's unfortunate. Sellers don't have to jump through hoops and and deal with the problems. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who aren't watching me on video. They don't have to deal with the problems of the VA loan. There aren't problems with the Mm -hmm. VA loan. I have had more problems with FHA loans than I have ever had with a VA loan. They've always been smooth sailing. But because there are so many agents who don't deal with these loans on a regular basis, they can see one and maybe they have two identical offers, but one is a VA loan and one is a conventional or an FHA. They'd be like, I've heard VA loans are terrible, so I'm just going to go with this one. So when you go to use your VA loan, make sure you're using a lender who does them all the time, who knows all the... I don't want to say loopholes because that makes it sound like they're doing something wrong. They're playing by the book. I mean, it's a government program. There's rules and you can either follow them or not get your loan approved. But they they jump through all the hoops in such a fashion that it doesn't take forever to get it closed. So uh, that's that's my rant. The end. Yeah. And I, um, I actually had a nightmare with that um, purchasing the home that I live in now. Um, the credit union that should deal with lots of other, uh, VA loans. And I literally had to do the work myself um, to get my certificate of eligibility. They got the wrong one. It was just, a, it was a nightmare. And um, if you could send me that lender, I that will. would be great um, because I will not use the lender I used before because it. I almost lost the house because of how poor of, the process it was and it was a 45 days and they wanted to extend it and it was just a horrible experience and luckily everything worked out and um but I do not recommend um, the lender I use and it was it was a bad process and like you said there is a stigma around um VA loans but there's there isn't there's nothing wrong with them Um, and the lender makes all the difference it really yeah, it really does. Yep, I will send you that when we're off the uh, off the call. Thank you. You, you had um, at least one more question. I'm cheating here and looking at the notes um, since you haven't asked it yet. But <laughs> I, you you, you want? I think you were asking. You were wondering about whether 2022 is a good time to to do all this stuff. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I I love talking about this one because it's it's always at the top of everyone's mind. And I'll I'll go back when. So I bought my first property, a duplex, for two hundred forty thousand dollars in Denver, Colorado, when I was making $50,000 a year uh, and saved up my first 20 grand in 2014. And everyone was talking about how the market had been going up for five, six years in a row. was absolutely crazy. And there was no cash flow left in the market in Denver. And it was the peak of the market and the bubble was about to burst. I bought the property in November. 20, all of 2015, I was worried about the crash. 2016, second property. 2017, yeah, 2017, I think it was the uh, the next one. 20, no, 2018 was the next one. But another one um, last year. Um, and it's like every, the whole time you're worried about the market conditions. Nobody can predict the market reasonably well. I will try to predict the market for you anyways um, in a few <laughs> seconds here. Um, but, but I think I think that uh, it's just very hard to do that. And it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to base, I'm going to base my investing philosophy over investing um, over a lifetime, because I would like to be financially free for the entire rest of my life, not just you know the next couple of years um, with this. And so I, I buy one property every year or two and don't worry about the market conditions. And I'm just consistent, a strong financial foundation, spending less than you earn and buying and buying and buying and buying. 
never to the point where that property can bankrupt you, but um, always, the, but always with the idea that long term that property will go up in value, rents are going to increase. I'm going to pay down the mortgage, and it's going to be a long term winner. Um, and from that that philosophy, I think is a really powerful position to not worry about the market because if the market tanks next year, great, you were going to buy property number two next year and you're able to get that one at a lower value. Yeah, um, awesome. with that. And so the first, it's kind of like the dollar cost averaging um, with real estate. You know that long-term over a five, 10-year period, if you sustain it, um, absent apocalypse, um, which is going to affect everyone, um, you're probably going to be in a pretty strong position, even if you do have to go through a, a, a couple of years of downturn, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like That's the risk we're going to take with, as a, with real estate if you're going to use leverage to buy an asset. But I think that you can feel comfortable over a long period of time that you're, that you're playing the long-term averages reasonably well, or at least I do with that. So that's my, that's my answer about the, the market. And I think that it's much more predicated on your personal position, which I think is nearing a position of really good, a, a really strong position to get into real estate with, with a strong savings rate, plenty of down payment and 15, 20, $30,000 left over um, in cash and emergency reserve. Now, second part of that, what do I think is going to happen in 2022, right? The big question mark this year is interest rates, right? So the Fed has signaled that they're going to raise interest rates in March and people are pricing in, I'm, I'm hearing up to five interest rate hikes over the course of this year. Long term, right? The 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 factor, if you, if you forget about those interest rates, you think prices are going to rise, right? If interest rates were to stay flat, prices should rise because- mm-hmm. Millennials are buying homes. There's a ton of demand. There's people, there's not enough land. There's not enough, there's like, like um, there's, you know, the supply and demand factors are really strong for this, right? I mean, I'm interchanging them, but lots of people want homes. There's no supply of labor. There's not a supply of land. Uh, there's not a lot of water in parts of the country. Um, it's just hard to get these, these properties built. And I think Dave Meyer estimates that there's 4 million, our, our VP of data analytics here, um, estimates that there are 4 million um Home, we're four million homes short of meeting demand in the country currently. It's going to take eight to ten years at current build rates to really catch that up. So, but interest rates rise, that can have a big impact on things. And so, my prediction for 2022 is that I think interest rates will rise. I'm not clear on how much and how much that will affect pricing. It could be that price prices come down. It could be that they don't appreciate quite as much as they did last year. It could be that they appreciate a tremendous amount because we don't the, the interest rates don't rise enough to offset those mm-hmm. those factors. What I think might happen this year is that um, rates will increase, prices may not appreciate as much, and rents will rise very quickly um, relative to that because of inflation. So is that the worst thing in the world if you don't get that much appreciation or even if your property loses some of its value, but rents increase over the next couple of years, um, if you believe that? I wouldn't make an investment decision based on my market forecast because no one can predict the market, but I do have fun talking about that and, and at least thinking through that. That's my, that's my bold hypothesis is that rent pr- growth will outpace property price of, uh, uh, growth in 2022 for the first time in a while, but we'll see. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, after talking to you guys, I, I'm not going to let any of that hold me back and um, definitely going to make that, that next step, do my research, like you said, um, and make that next step. In addition to everything that Scott said, I think we still have low inventory. I've got a really great graph that I will include in the show notes, which can be found at biggerpockets.com slash money show 282. 
You can also find it at fred.stlewisfed, stlewisfed.org slash series slash H-O-U-S-T, or just click on the link here. Uh, Scott, I shared it in the show notes that we have, and it is showing a housing stock housing starts dropping from, uh, what is this, 2006? They just went down almost to uh, nothing, all the way down to 2009, and they have not come back up to where we were in 2000, pre-2006 levels. Um, so I think that there is an enormous shortage of houses to be purchased. So I think that, yes, Interest rates are going to go up. The Fed has said they're going to do that. That might cap the the skyrocketing prices a little bit, but I don't think that the market is going to just stop. Of course, past performance is not indicative of future gain. Your mileage may vary. Insert other clever. There are no guarantees, but I'm planning to buy again this year. Comments here. Per my strategy that I outlined. I'm keeping an eye on the market. And when something nice pops up, I might snap it. And if nothing else, I'm helping people buy. <laughs> okay. Any, any other questions or things that we can help answer or discuss today? Um, no, I think you guys really covered it all and, and, you know, gave me a better understanding of what I need to do and just the research I need to make before making that first, first step into real estate investing. So thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for, for sharing your, your story here and for, for the great discussion today. Thank you for plugging the book and letting us plug <laughs> a bunch of bigger pocket stuff today. Um, so uh, yeah, and, and hopefully that that's helpful to you um, and, and really look forward to seeing what you end up um, deciding and doing over the course of this year. Um, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the, the next couple of years um, from a success standpoint for you. Thank you. I will keep you guys posted. Please do. We would love to check back in with you in a few months, in a few, maybe in a year. Let's see what's going on in a year. Yeah, let's go with a year. Okay, great. Well, we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Nicole. Okay, Scott, that was Nicole. That was a great episode. That was a lot of fun. I'm super excited for all of the options she has available. She's doing really great. I think that we kind of stink at at being supportive and celebrating all the great things that she's doing. Her budget, her spending is so good without feeling unnecessarily restrictive to her. She's doing awesome. She's saving money every month and she's gonna, she's got clear cut goals. I love her story. Yeah. What I, what I think was really, really important that we heard today was Nicole is willing to do whatever it takes to move her financial position to the next level. She is considering moving into a house hack. She's willing to move into an Airbnb. She's willing to, to um, clean and, and clean up really what, what sounded like horrible messes from foreclosure properties and those types of things to get ahead. She's not above doing that. And I think that's what it takes to really get the, the start of this grind over with, right? Like to be willing to take the, to take on that house hack project and to earn those extra bucks by putting in the extra hours and doing the work that you don't want to do for a couple of years to get that to get that financial foundation over the hump where it can begin to support you and the asset base begin gets large enough to start snowballing you. That asset base outside of your retirement accounts, outside of pensions that only come into play when you turn 58. That asset base that you can actually spend in 
you know, your, your, the, the, you know, your, your earlier middle, middle-aged adult life with that. Um, and I think she's going to, she's doing all the right things to set herself up for that. And what's so hard and frustrating for many listeners who are probably in her position is because she's only been on this trajectory for a year or two, really, um, and, and building that financial position, she feels like she's behind. But so just give yourself another one, two, three years if you're in a position like Nicole's, because you will see those results or you will have very good odds, at least, of seeing those results carry carry through if you're willing to 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 do to pull those big levers and grind it out for a couple of years that that you, the snowball will start rolling down the other side of the hill with it. If you're listening to this show, if you're thinking about your finances, if you are tracking your net worth, tracking your spending, if you are even being conscious of the fact that money comes in and money goes out, you are so far ahead of the average American who doesn't do any of those things. Yep. And she's got a positive net worth. She's got a plan. She has well-defined goals. She's just, she would really have to try not to succeed. She would have to try to sabotage herself in order to not succeed just because she's so driven and she's going to do the work. And and, and per, but another thing you just said there, that's such a great point, clearly defined goals. We, we you know, it's, it's, it's so hard to, to put together a, a good financial plan and say, what should I do with my 401k or my Roth? Well, it depends on your goals. Okay. My goal is to save up 20 grand. My goal is to get $2,000 a, a, month, a, a month in passive cash flow within three years. My goal is to get 4,000 within five years. Okay, great. Now we can work with that and begin and, and back into that and say, well, you know, is that realistic? Well, if you're willing to clean foreclosures on the weekends and house hack, yeah, it's realistic. If you're not willing to do those things and want to live in a nice house that's, that's you know, a, a big percentage of your income um, and have your car payment, Oh, maybe that's not realistic for you with that. And we can give feedback uh, about that. Yeah, she doesn't have the goal of $10,000 in passive income by the end of the year. That's not a realistic goal. Her goals are realistic. Her goals are doable. And she's taking steps to do them. Like you said, she's willing to do the work. She's willing to do, what is that phrase? Uh, be willing to live like nobody else now so you can live like nobody else later. She's willing to go above and beyond, to go extra, to do more so that when she's a little bit older, she doesn't have to go above and beyond. She doesn't have to do extra. She doesn't even have to do the bare minimum. It does it for her. It's called passive income. But you have to do the work now. You can't just sit around and go on vacations all the time and eat bonbons and go to the beach every weekend. And all of a sudden life is great and throwing money at you. That's not how it works. You got to do the work at some point. Yep. And she's ready. She's willing. She's going to do it. And she is going to be successful. Love it. And we'll check in with her in about a year. So I can't wait to see all of the successes that she's had in the next year. Absolutely. Okay, Scott, this was a super fun episode. Are you ready to get out of here? Let's do it. From episode 282 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, he is Scott Trench, and I am Indy Jensen saying, in honor of Girl Scout cookie season, peace out, Girl Scout.
The market is changing, and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.